birthday gage oh. gage's birthday is like in two days from the day we're recording this podcast fyi everybody thanks Woo! <laughs> live from memphis baltimore it's the art cons the art pro is your favorite we're your i know we're your favorite but we're the best art most accessible pod coolest cast you've ever heard of it's Renz B and Gage B and today we're going to be talking about some cool stuff but first I thought I would say a, give a big old thank you to uh, a man named Hugh Hugh all lowercase uh, do- started donating to the Patreon and you know those donations count it's a little thing so everyone say welcome to the new intern Hugh welcome Hugh <laughs> Thank all right, you. so today, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, um, today we're gonna be covering some serious topics. It's an art cons episode. Normally, we're only talking about the the beautiful things in the art world. You know, flowers, sunsets, feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But today we're gonna be talking about scams. Fresh off of uh, the momentum we've built from the last <laughs> episode. What was the last episode? The art cons about plagiarism, stealing, theft. Forgeries. Forgeries? Yeah, specifically. Uh, we talked a lot about Beltracci, which I, I still maintain that uh, pretty cool guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, he's uh, decisive. So, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, scams? I... I never thought about scams in the art world. That's like a weird thing. Like like scams, like scamming, like like fake checks. Well, let me tell you something. There's a reason why people who pull scams tend to be called con artists, right? Con hmm. artists. Hmm. So a con artist, that's a that's short term for a confidence artist, as in someone whose medium is the confidence of those around him someone who has mastered social engineering to essentially fraudulently gain money power wealth or opportunity from others around them so some famous con artists you know they pull some big cons like uh like courage the cowardly dog when he would pretend to be humans um that dude who set up fire festival bernie madoff is a famous con artist the the bad bernie yeah the bad bernie uh, they might all be bad. <laughs> Just kidding. I like I like Bernie Sanders. He's cool. Um, there's, you know, a lot of con artists out there. You see them often depicted in in television shows as someone who's real smooth and sultry and might be asking for Patreon, uh, <laughs> Patreon, <laughs> Patreon money and tells you that they're oh, really man. good at art. Uh, and they know. And if you listen to them, then uh, well, we're not worried about those con artists. We're worried about other types of con artists. So we're going to cover, cover a couple different scams done by con artists. And one common one is the art email scam, where 
you know, you got your art website up, right, interns, and you're hanging out, and you're like, man, it'd be really cool if I sold that painting. It's been on there for like eight months. And you get an email from someone claiming to love your art, like, oh, Henry, I love your art. It's so beautiful. Um, but I need to get it to my husband, like, ASAP, like, and it's a secret. So, you know, I can't be sending checks in my own name. I'm going to send you a check for double what you were asking for, and all you have to do is... You cash the check, and then you send me the remainder. Oh, hold on a second. You say double? <laughs> yeah. The, oh, right. yeah. Click. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Social security. Tick, 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 tick. All right. There you go. And mother's maiden name. I don't know why, but All right, I'll put that in. All right. Send. All right. Yeah, now, now uh, you're sending me the money back, right? Half the money? Because I uh, sent you too much. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Perfect. So in three to five days, I'll send my personal art handler to your house to come and pick up that art and, uh, you know, just make sure the check clears and, you know, good business. Handshake. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh send. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yep. Send. So, Here's all my information. So this is a common version of the fake check scam where someone will send you money from like fraudulently acquired funds and then ask you to send them back money in like to a different account or a different uh like venmo account or something so you're sending them like you know four thousand dollars from an eight thousand dollar check and then they get four thousand dollars and then once those funds are recalled by your bank you're out eight thousand dollars and that scammer is never to be heard from again and the problem with this email scam is that as an artist as an intern, you're sitting there being like, damn, someone wants to buy my art. And you're so excited that you're more willing to overlook red flags, like the fact that their in English is uh, really broken or that the check came from a different person's name or that, uh, you know, they sent you a check from a bank that's located maybe in like India or something. You're just wondering where you got all that shit. So that's one common scam. What do you think, Renz? Man, I, all right, so you got to watch out for this stuff. What I think is that that is prevalent in many different forms and facets of anything on the internet. But as an artist, don't let yourself be susceptible. Don't let yourself be too nice. As an empath, I know that artists are sensitive. <laughs> I know that artists feel in a different capacity. It's just, you know, can't explain it comes from a source from the from the uh, the ether I don't know where it comes from but don't let don't let your superpower of being connected to other people wow this person's being nice they're sending me double the money all I have to do is send it back uh, after I send them my artwork yeah you know what maybe there's something a little fishy in this situation. Because let me, all right, let me let me line it up for, for, for you all right now. There's two different situations. In one situation, you're an artist, you know, you, you don't sell as much as, say, a very famous artist. Let's go to, the, let's pick an extreme. Let's pick Mr. Jeff Koons. That's one of our favorite uh, examples. So if Jeff Koons gets a scammer, one of his, you know, he's not dealing with it himself, but he's got a manager, they hit up his manager and they say exactly what Gage says. The manager's going to be savvy. They're going to be like, fuck that, dude. 
What are you kidding me? We know we want half the money. We want the money now. We're giving you the product. You can't be asking for anything up front. Conversely, on the flip side, you're an artist. You're starting out. You're excited. You just got out of school. You got some art. Someone emails you. They want it. And they're paying you double. You know, it might feel like a good idea. It might feel like a good deal. But at the end of the day, what you got to know is it's yours. What they want to buy is yours. And you can't be doing favors for a stranger, especially via email. It's your painting. And you have to value your painting. Just, you know, not just just because a stranger. You, you can't just be nice to a stranger. That's what the situation is like. That's what happens when you get scammed like that. You're you're too nice or well, something. <laughs> well, what's going on with that? You can be nice to strangers, but no, um, don't be nice to any strangers. Like, oh, okay, weird. Yeah, it's a cutthroat. It's a cutthroat world. Yeah, 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 cutthroat yeah, world. You yeah, gotta. I mean, gotta take that money. But you just say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it back to you, and then you pocket that shit. Get it cashed <laughs> out. Then you just dip. Just peace out. No problem. Yeah. No, just watch out for those strangers. Yeah, it, it's a common thing. I mean, it happens outside of the art world. Um, this fake check scam where someone will accidentally send you money on Venmo or something and then tell you to send it back to a different account and then those funds are frozen and Venmo gets you for the, like the 600 bucks. Uh, but the reason why it works particularly hard on, on artists is, as Ren said, we have a predisposition to being empaths in that uh, we're going to trust someone at face value. There, there's a special the scientific term for it that I heard in school once. It's called being a duck. Like, a lot of artists <laughs> are ducks. Uh, you know, easy to be hunted. <laughs> and you get caught up. Another common scam is called the art student scam. And this happens pretty often in countries where mass-produced paintings and prints are made. For example, China, uh, you know, they call they call them Hong Kong horrors. <laughs> so these are these are fake paintings printed on rough paper or rough canvas to make it less apparent that it's not actually painted. And then this stuff is hustled on the street by people saying like, "Oh, I'm studying art and I'm just trying to make money for materials," and mainly hustled to tourists. But it even goes so far as getting mass-produced famous paintings for like you know, $50 for like a 50 by 60 from China and then trying to sell it as your own in a gallery. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, did you know you can like pay, uh, there's like factories in China where you can pay them to paint oil paintings for you. Like, so you send them a digital photo and then they'll paint oil paintings for you. Man, I'm never going to look Instagram at Instagram the same anymore. Yeah, dude, Instagram everyone's art. got fake art. Fake art art scams whoa yeah whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right all right people art's not manufacturing you know the definition of art within the common definition of art in our culture there's a little bit of uh there's a stipulation within our definition in our culture that says oh Art is ex it can be very expensive. Oh yeah, art's got to be pricey. Should it should it be connected? Should the price of art be connected to the definition of art? Like when you think of the word art, should you think expensive? Something in there. Some people do. 
some yeah. people think, yeah, some people, when they hear art, like, oh, maybe that's expensive. Oh, I'm, uh, okay, here's an example. Um, yeah, I'm an illustrator, uh, and I can illustrate stuff. Some people think that's art, okay? But you say you're an artist. Oh, I'm an artist, but really, you make illustrations. Fancy. The illustration might charge less than the artist. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, it's the perception. It's the definition of what you're making, right? So so some sometimes an illustrator will make an illustration, and they want to say, oh, this is my art. Maybe Sometimes an artist will look at that and be like, nah, that's not art. That's an illustration, dude. <laughs> Sorry, it's different. But is it? No, not really. The difference in this situation is how much you can charge. <laughs> you know, one you call one an illustration or print or whatever. You call one a piece of fine art. If you call one a piece of fine art, do you think it's justifiable that you can charge more? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Great. Now, you ever um you ever like go on like freelancing websites or something? Sometimes, and yeah. You're like looking around and you're looking at people who are putting themselves out there for hire and they're like freelance illustrator, four dollars per per image in black and white, six dollars for color, and then ten dollars for a full body portrait. Whoa. And you're just like deal. damn dude, like I don't know how you can charge so little. But then you see someone call themselves portrait artist and then you just add two zeros to all those numbers, you know. And that's the power. That's the difference between calling yourself an illustrator and an artist. The cool thing about illustrations is that it's the act of drawing that the word illustration is predicated upon. So you're essentially a camera, but for drawings. You're Someone hmm. will tell you what to make, and then you make it, and you do it as well as you can. Whereas an artist, no one's telling you what to make. It's a, it's, it's a found object you know when a purchaser finds you as an artist they're like oh man this artist he uh puts googly eyes on things and i really like that i i don't know where else i'm gonna find an artist who does that i want to pay extra money for that because it's a rarity and that's kind of where the value the the artificial value for art comes from is the uh rarity or the difficulty to come up with the idea on your own, and why some illustrators may find themselves, or graphic designers or something, may find themselves being cons like selling their work for less, even if even when it's the same quality, because technically someone's telling you what to make. So the creative effort isn't there, in in the buyer's opinion, not in my opinion. You know, whatever, dude. You draw. You drew it, I drew it, whatever, we should sell our shit for the same price, but, you know, keep calling it illustrations. So, okay, if at this point you're very confused yeah, about what we're talking about, that's okay because so are we. <laughs> I am confused. I mean, I take that back. I don't want to speak for Gage. He's a little bit more uh, logical than I am. Uh, but the, the fact that... Uh, there's so many conditions in how you can define what art is and what is... So this is the real big thing. What is allowed to be called fine art, I think that's kind of a fucked up thing. Yeah. Because why should something like fine art be distinct from something that people call outsider art? And if we're only talking about defining those terms... It's okay. But the fact is, 
that the definitions have added uh, stigmas related to them. That's an extreme word, stigma. But when you call something fine art, we just talked about it. It sounds expensive. It sounds fine, like fine wine. Yeah. When it's outsider, it's different. <laughs> it's a little different. I don't want that. It's out. They're not trained. They didn't go to an art school. They're not. A, they didn't go to Yale. Why do I want that art? It's not fine. And this is what we call trickle down scamming, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, artists get scammed by major institutions to pay exorbitant prices for their education, which artificially. Reg- outside of the skill level of the artists who went to these institutions, it artificially raises the value of their work because the artists, when they're selling their work and setting their prices, they're like, well, shit, my schooling done costs like $30,000 a year. I can't be selling paintings for 20 bucks. I got to be selling paintings for $2,000. So, mister, if you want to buy my painting, it's 2000 bucks. That's what I call a trickle-down scam. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> why would... All right. So it in reality the what the motivation for scamming through art is because art is expensive, right? Otherwise, who would want to be like all right, there's plenty of other uh, different type yeah, different types of scams, it's fine. It's 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 kind of like, you know, just adjacent to stealing or getting one over on somebody. But with art it comes like a comes with a little bit of a understanding of the art world, yeah. which is a little complex sometimes. You gotta have the in. You gotta you gotta know who to sell it to. You gotta know what you want to sell to. You 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 gotta know who's gonna buy what you want to sell. And in the art world, I can't even do that. Good thing you you came to the art cons <laughs> <laughs> to like, find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, not that I'm interested in faking. You know, uh, art that I want to sell. I want as an artist, I want to make the art I want to sell. But these scammers, they know. They know what type of art people want to buy enough to fake it and sell it to them, right? Well, there's. Here's the thing. Art, as an object, is not to be handled lightly. It's not to be examined. Typically, when someone buys an art piece, they're not, you know, taking apart the screws or rubbing back the paint to see the quality of the object. And it's not something they're handling a lot. It's something they put on their wall and then boom, it's done. So so that's one aspect. The second aspect is that art, like you said, involves a lot of money and a lot of knowledge from the user base, but not from the the buyer. Every buyer, you know, a lot of buyers who buy art, like regular buyers, they just kind of you know, they want a cool art piece in their house. So they're not checking the quality of their object. They don't know if in 20 years it's going to fade or whatever. For example, I work in like a bronze foundry and I do the patination, which is the uh, controlled corrosion of bronze surfaces to give them different colors and different finishes. And it's something where when it's done properly, it lasts, you know, it can last 500 years. When you see bronze works in textbooks and they're like, you know, blue... Or they're like brown and it still looks the same. That's because it's been treated and it hasn't... The the bronze has been treated in a way where it stays that way for a long time. Um, so that's one of the jobs I do at that foundry. But every now and then we'll get quote-unquote antiques to fix. And 
according to my boss, and I've seen this too, nine out of ten of these antiques are made from a specific type of bronze that's really only done in China. Um, and these are like European quote unquote antiques. And the patination, this uh, you know, corrosion process is really just fucking paint. Just paint. It's gonna chip off in like 10, 15 years. So we sandblast it, we fix it up, we we re patinate it and then we you know move it on because it's not our job to tell someone whether or not they got fraudulently sold an expensive fake antique it's just our job Mm. to make it look right Mm. um and that's a much more subtle way of of getting scammed is getting sold fake antiques getting sold things that are you know you may say that something's made from elephant ivory you know sold for twenty thousand dollars boom it's made from dove soap so you know (laughs) <laughs> and the reason why people can get away with that stuff is because the common art purchase purchaser it's not their job to uh inspect this stuff they're buying it at face value they're trusting that you're selling a good product well this is uh the tricky section of our topic right now because all of this is contingent on the business of art, right? Selling, figuring out who to sell art to, and the luxury of being a scammer and not actually making the art yourself is you're able to find and direct the type of inventory you want to direct to your audience or the people you want to sell to. As an artist, you don't always have that luxury, especially if you want to uphold your own values as an artist. You want to, you know, most artists want to make the art that they believe supports the message that they want to send through their art. As an art scammer, you just got to fucking trick. You got to be a little bit of a trickster. You got to just be like, oh, this guy likes Ab X. Well, I got X amount of Abex stuff that I can sell this mall fucking right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're you're like a you're a rat. If you if you guys don't remember, Abex is abstract expressionism, and it's uh, throwing a bunch of colors on a canvas. So you know, art. Some art sells better than others. That's the reality of things. But that 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 really shouldn't affect as an artist what you want to make because what you want to make is different than the art that scammers actually try to uh take advantage of well here's the deal Renz is on the side of being an artist i'm on the side of being a scammer it's a uh, very easy to scam what you need is you need to go out there go on instagram right and look up look up abstract painting you find the most popular Instagram abstract painters you can find. And then, you know, get your hair gel, get your pomade, get your uh, Axe body spray, get your fake mm. Louis Vuitton suit. I think they make suits. You put all that on, and then you just catch some screen caps from that Instagram. Screen captures, you know, you press the uh, the home and the lock button on your phone. You send that, those screen captures of that famous abstract artist paintings who has demonstrated that there's value in the market for those paintings specifically you send that to uh you know a print shop you get a bunch of canvases printed right with those images on there then you take you take mod podge you know the glue 
basically white Elmer's glue. You buy it in bulk. You put it on top of those paintings to make it look like you put it on with a brush. You cover the whole painting to make it look like that painting has been painted by a brush because the way that the light bounces off the pigment in the print will refract back through the Mod Podge and make it look like brush strokes. And then you go down to the corner. Go down to the corner with all those paintings and you know that they're that the way that they look is popular, that people like that, then you start putting price tags down there. And you say, oh, I'm this famous artist. And, uh, you know, I'm doing this cool performance piece where I sell art, you know, to random strangers for like 15 bucks. Well, so let's talk about the people that are getting scammed here. No, I don't care right? about that. Who are getting scammed? <laughs> okay, um, you know, we're focusing right now on the artists. The artists are uh, getting scammed. What about the buyers? What about the what does that say about the buyers? Because the buyers are, you know, they're making it happen. Yeah. You can't have a scam without buyers. You yeah. can't have a scam without people who get scammed. People who get that confidence. But are but are artists always the one who gets scammed? Because the thing is, if artists want to survive survive, they need buyers for themselves. And a lot of the time the scammers are either pretending to be a buyer or pretending to be someone who can sell the artist's work. Yeah, true. So, I mean, like, we're, you know... So are artists scammers? Like, like if someone's an artist who also pulls scams, the buyer... You're, you're talking about the buyer in that situation? Yeah, I'm talking about the person, like, who makes the scam real, which is the buyer. Yeah. I think, I think in part, it is the buyer. Not all the way the artist. Um, sometimes it might be a combination of both. Sometimes it might be just the buyer. Sometimes it might be just the artist. Like, it depends on what the scammer wants to scheme. Yeah. I think that's uh, it's a big... You know, I I think it goes back to uh, my idea of art as a business. Because that's really where it gets complicated, right? Because an artist is, artist is simple. An artist wants to make the art. Yeah, they just want to make cool stuff. Yeah, like... Uh, arguably, everybody, I think, I truly believe that everybody in the world has a creative spirit inside of them, and they can make something, and whatever they make can be sold. Whatever yeah. it is, like, you can be, you can tell me right now in front of my face this very second, I can't even draw a straight line. Yeah, you uh -huh. can't draw a straight line. But, well, you know what? Cy Twombly is fucking rich, dude. <laughs> He's dead. Uh, <laughs> and rich. Died rich. Died famous, died an artist, didn't draw straight lines intentionally. <laughs> it's the type of thing I'm talking about. Helen Frankenthaler was arguably one of the artists who were in the the reason. What what did they call it? field color field paintings? Yeah, color yeah. field paintings. So that's that's a very huge nowadays. That's probably a majority of what. People buy from these uh, Chinese print fakes. Yeah. Color field paintings, abstract paintings, um, uh, observational landscape um, paintings, uh, like similar to, you know, the style of uh, impressionists. That's what you're going to get. So, uh, wait, what was I just talking about? The buyer. The buyer getting scammed. As a buyer, as a buyer, buy, the scammer knows what the buyer wants. Most buyers of consumer art, they don't want to get it straight from the artist because when they do, they go to the artist and the artist is going to say, oh, this is a 
seven thousand, twelve thousand dollars. No, yeah, it's twelve thousand dollars. Sorry. Hey, bro, it's twelve thousand. Yeah, it's twelve thousand bucks. Yeah. Uh, but then you go on Etsy.com and you see a print. It looks just like it. I mean, it's pretty close. Fifty bucks. Same size. Fits right above your uh, coffee maker. It's really nice. Uh, tie really ties in the couch together with your curtains. Holy shit! And it comes with a frame. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa! Wait, I asked the artist for a frame, and you said it would be uh two thousand dollars plus the framing fee. A custom framer, yeah. Two fifty on top uh, of that. Oh, and shipping. Mm-hmm. And you got a paper bubble wrap. Two thousand. The next thing you know, it's like two thousand five hundred thirty-three dollars yeah. after tax. That's quick maths. And that's what I'm saying here. The business part of it. Selling it. That's what the scammer's forte is. Yeah. And that's what the artist's not forte, anti-forte is. What about the buyer? It takes a savvy buyer in this market, is what we're trying to say. And when it comes down to the buyer, the buyers are responsible too. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, you know... I agree with you on that. It, the reason why any type of fraudulent or scammy sort of thing happens is because of the victim. Is it Billy? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, Billy Mays. Is it Billy Mays's fault? Yeah, if someone buys that, OxyClean. That OxyClean is popular. Yeah, it no. is. He was a great salesman. Uh, yeah. Is it this? But but that just you know is that. That feeding the salesman's ego. All I'm saying and, is, don't yeah. speak ill on Billy Mays, dude. OxyClean works. <laughs> <laughs> if if it's feeding Billy Mays's ego and the buyer's ego, who loses? You know what I mean? Does a manufacturer lose? Does that person in China lose? Because now they have to make ten times more OxyClean than the, you know. Someone's got to lose in this. No, equation, see, think, and right, and, you know who loses rents? What? Who? I mean, who? Culture. Oh. In this entire in this entire fraudulent system that is the art world, culture loses. If if you look at art by its broad definition of everything, everything that human identity amounts to, that contributes to human identity as art, our identity gets watered down by fraudulence. So as a buyer, it's your job because as a buyer you dictate the market, right? If you continue to, you know, I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't buy shit you like. That's totally fine. But when you buy things that are fraudulently made or things that uh, don't contribute to human culture, then you're perpetuating that. Um, If you're a scammer who's selling art to people who are going to look back on themselves and you're, you're selling things that don't contribute to the zeitgeist because it's something stolen, you're, you're muddying the waters of, of what our culture is. And you're, you're essentially, because you're introducing this fraudulence, this evil into our culture, are you not demonstrating that part of the human identity is evil? And, and it might be, but is that what we want? I mean, that's my problem with it. I don't have a problem with free market. If you buy a scam, you fucking bought a scam, and, like, that's fair. I I think the reality that everybody needs to accept is that part of the human identity is evil. That's why the yin-yang exists. The Otherwise, yin it'd yang. just be yin or yang. So is Jeff Koons yin or yang? Because his art is definitely his art. Here's the thing, though. If everybody has the yin-yang in them, 
It's a question of whether you're more yin than yang. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know which one's evil or good. Me either. Let's, <laughs> sorry, let's, let's, let's establish the barriers. Right All right. So let's say yin is good. Yang is bad. <laughs> let's so, hope we got that one right. Yeah. Well, I, think, I, think, I think that's close enough. I mean, it's 50-50 chance, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> So that's the thing. Like, you can, it doesn't really matter. You can pick which, you know. Which is yin and which is yang. Yin's, uh, in this situation, yin's good, yin's bad. Jeff Koons, I'd say he's uh, well, yang. Too much yang. Hey, I like Andrew Yang. But, so yang, what's yang? It's yang yang or yang yin? Yeah, that's what, that's, I'm surprised no one's used that yet in the yeah. debates. Yang, are you yin or yang? True, <laughs> true. So, and, yeah. Jeff Koons, more Yang. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, the point, I think the points have been made here. Are the art pros more Yin than Yang? Because we do have cons, too. I think we're Yang. Yang, <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're a little bit too Yang sometimes. Hey, whatever, man. It's all good. Life uh, exists. Yeah. So, you know, in order for the yin-yang to be a yin-yang, it's got to be balanced. Otherwise, you're just either yin or yang. You're not yin-yang, you're yin or yang. I've always wondered, like, is there, um... Uh? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Forgot what I was going to ask. Is there, um... Is there a point to being yin or yang without the balance? Is that the point of having yang? Is to give yang a uh, a point, no, um, a reason to exist. The point is not. I don't think the point is to give a point. I think the the yin and yang is the point. Oh, okay. So so the point is yin and yang, and if you're more yin. You're not yin and yang. You're just yin. And if you're more yang, you're not yin and yang. You're just yang. You heard it first here, folks. Morality is binary. <laughs> I mean, shit. If you've ever seen The Matrix, if you've ever used a computer, a computer is binary. If you've ever used a light switch, a light switch is binary. If you've ever fallen asleep, waking and Sleeping, dreaming, that's binary. Death, life, binary. My sleep paralysis demons beg to differ. You ever like uh, be asleep and then you wake up and you see them just dancing on your body? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. I, one, the, the first time it happened to me, like, um, I saw that thing, like, most commonly, so sleep paralysis is when you uh, become conscious while you're supposed to be in REM sleep state. So when you become conscious, your your mind thinks it's dreaming, but your body is awake and you can hear, see, smell. And when you're in the, this, this sleep paralysis state, your body can't move. I might be convoluting it, but uh, is that right? Am yeah, I, yeah. It, right? It basically, you're in your REM cycle, but you gain consciousness, but your body is still sleeping. Yeah. So so sometimes you see what people describe as a shadow uh, entity, a shadow essence that makes you feel scared. Like a ghost. Some sort of ghost, spirit, demon. thing, demon, dark. Are you familiar force? with the uh, the Filipino one? 
It's like a it's well, like a woman, an old woman that sits on your chest with like long nails. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah, she's actually supposed to be a sign of like good luck when For, you get sleep paralysis and you see her. What I saw the first time I had sleep paralysis, and the only time I ever had sleep paralysis. All right, so. I was laying there, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm having sleep paralysis. This is so exciting. I've never had this before. I can't wait to like figure out what's going on. I'm about so, to get yanged up. Yeah, I'm laying there. I'm like, I'm paralyzed. I can't move, and I'm terrified a little bit, but I'm conscious. And while I'm conscious, I'm thinking, I'm paralyzed. I can't move. This is sleep paralysis. The door... At the end of my bedroom, there's a dark shadow. It's scary. And then I, next thing, I look Ooh, on my chest, spooky. and it's a rat. It's a cartoon <laughs> rat, and Damn. it's trying to scare me. Yo. And it's a big, fat rat on my chest. And a lot of people describe, like, a tension in your breathing. Yeah. And that's what I felt. Like, when I looked down on my chest, I, like, couldn't really breathe very well. And there's a fat rat on my chest. Just, like, it was like a cartoon ratatouille rat trying to scare me. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. This is just too, like... <laughs> this is too wild. This is not working out. Yeah, this is not paralyzing me the, the way I thought. I've but only... it was very scary. Yeah, you had, uh, like, Mickey Mouse on your chest, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it was scary. I was like, what is going on? I couldn't move. I couldn't control my body. And Did you try and scream? I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. And because I've read up on it before, I knew, like, I just had to let it pass. Yeah. But it was still super bizarre. Like, things were happening that I couldn't control. Yeah. And that's what happens when you get scammed. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, true. You see it happening, and then once it's done, you kind of just have to wait for it to be over. Yeah, it seems normal. Or even if you know it's not normal, you let it happen. Yeah, you just, you know, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, I'm about to get a really cool art piece. I'm just going to go sleep right here. And then, boom, you wake up. You're like, you know what? I never asked for that guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> I sent him $400,000. I never even asked his fucking name. Yeah, out of $800,000 total for yeah. 18 by 24. <laughs> um, yeah, that's artist talk. 18 by 24, that's a ratio of uh, canvas. Two, two to three. Yeah, it's very Wait. common. No, it's not, that's not two to three. It's three to four, right? Two to three. Six times eight, six divided by 18 is... Oh, uh, yeah, three, yeah, it's three to four. Three to four. Yeah. God, art pros, not math pros. No, uh, I mean, I got lucky with that one. I've only gotten uh I've only gotten sleep paralysis in one place and I got it four times in that same spot. Yeah, I used to like I used to when I would get tired at my friend's house, um, mutual friend of ours. I'm not gonna dox them right here, but I used to like get tired and I would like take a nap on their bed and they would all be like chilling. It was like four people lived in this house. And every time I'd take a nap during the day because I had like a like a long class in the morning or something and then a, another class later. And four different times in the same, like, five-week period, I got sleep paralysis in the same visions. So I stopped sleeping there ever. Yeah, I really, I, I, I believe in, like, uh, all right, I believe in magnets more than ghosts. Really? There's <laughs> evidence of magnets, that's probably why. But yeah, I was going to say, that's, uh... Yeah, I just think that our reality is contingent on magnetism. Because, all right, here's some, here's some uh, evidence that I personally have for my hypothesis. Electricity is based on... That matter is based on magnetism. 
Yeah. Positive or negative, right? And that's binary too. Your motor runs on an electromagnet, like any motors. Yeah, and think gravity is something unseen. Gravity affects magnetism. So if ghosts are unseen, can spirits or souls be affected by the same invisible magnetism that gravity is? So when you're in a specific spot in the world, is the magnetism different in that spot? I'm getting a little weird. Getting a little weird. <coughs> if you need to turn this shit off right now, go ahead. Because I'm gonna keep going. Because that shit's weird to me. I don't know why magnets attract. I don't know why gravity works, and I don't know why ghosts make me feel scared. But I do know that my grandmother convinced me that ghosts and spirits are real, and she's Filipino. She's she's you know she's grassroots. She's she's deeper than grassroots, dude. She knows. She's told me. She's like, well, you know, when you see a ghost, it's not really scary because they're not trying to scare you. When you see something you've never seen before, it's going to be scary. You know what I mean? Imagine being a ghost and not trying to scare somebody. What if you're a nice ghost? Yeah, you're just trying to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up, right? It's like, hey, bro, let me hit that blunt. Or like, yo, 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 if you, I'm a ghost, I know a lot different things than you but if you walk through that door right now a rock's gonna fall on your head when you see that ghost you're like oh fuck i don't trust no damn ghost you walk out the door a rock falls on your head what will that do to your world your reality you know what i mean well here's the deal man all right all right listen all right you shouldn't believe in ghosts because it opens you up to scams see there's a hmm. lot of famous evidence of hmm. people psychics Telling people, hey, I can talk to ghosts. Just pay me 500 bucks to talk to your, your dead uncle right now. And you're like, yeah, I'll give him 500 bucks. But even deeper than that, what you could do is you get a bag of flour. And you cover yourself in flour. And you go find someone who's already got a predisposition to believe in ghosts and say, Ooh, <laughs> I'm a ghost, but I need to catch the bus. You got like tree fitty, man. And then they give you 350. You don't even need to catch a bus. You just go along with your ghostly business. Damn. With them none the wiser. And then when they tell people, see, it's hard because, you know, what are they going to do? Go to the cops? Hey, man, this guy stole 350 from me. What did he look like? Well, he was a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this guy with a bunch of powder on him. Yeah. (laughs) You mean a ghost? Whoa, we don't deal in ghosts. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'm We're the police. My grandma told me ghosts exist. I don't fuck with ghosts, bro. <laughs> uh, you're you're gonna want to call someone else. We we deal with real people. Who are you gonna call? You're right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You finish that sentence, intern. <laughs> That's why you're an intern. We get it. You get it. We know you get it. Not for real. Like I I think that the uh, the whole paranormal thing has been a hotbed for scams for a long time. We're not the podcast to listen to. I'm sure you've heard of plenty of podcasts that will talk to you about ghosts. But yeah, ghosts, source of scams. I actually read that um, Francisco Goya, the guy who made those nightmarish paintings of like weird demons eating bodies and shit. Not the brand that sells beans and rice and stuff, right? Same guy. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, a different dude. Um, apparently those scary paintings weren't made by him. They were made by his son. Or this is a school of thought that they were made by his son. What? Javier, who 
had the same skill level and painted just like his father, but couldn't sell his work. So he waited until Goya died to sell those paintings under Whoa. his father's name. Is to there get any money. evidence? Uh, the evidence is that the house that the paintings were quote unquote found in didn't have the the floors that the paintings were found in until after he had died. Oh shit! Yeah, and now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so apparently Francisco Goya had a home that he bequeathed to his son. The son later on added, like, parts of the house, and that's where those paintings were found. And the son had a history of being known to paint like his father. Um, But it was a lot easier to sell paintings as a famous guy. Like, you know, for example, if you're, like, Vanilla Ice's son, it'd be a lot easier to sell a song to uh, Universal Music Group as Vanilla Ice than as Vanilla Ice Jr., is there a rapper named Vanilla Rice? Uh, I like would an Asian be, rapper. I'd bet all bad? my. I would bet all my shingles on it. <laughs> Every single shingle on my roof, I'd bet that. I'd bet that that exists. So rice, uh, rice baby. Forty four minutes in. If you've made it this far, expecting a full podcast, intellectual, very uh, enriching mental podcast about what actually art scams are i'm sorry motherfucker you got scammed (laughs) got your ass we got your ass good and that is the perfect lesson in real life yeah he got scammed you can't fucking take back this 45 minutes we're not gonna give you this 45 minutes we can't see runs and i are what you would call con artists that's actually what we studied in school we gained your confidence what is it? Twenty-seven Woo. episodes. We were like, yeah, yeah, we're art professionals. <laughs> uh, but you got art con. We got your minutes now. I don't know how long you've been listening to how many episodes you've listened to, but we, you gave it to us, and yeah. thank you for that. I hope this is no one's first episode. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, damn, I did get scammed. I These motherfuckers. That, yeah, yeah. I hope this is uh, everyone's first episode because I'm just joking. Now, you, you know, got way like, more good shit coming up, right? We, we, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. We, <laughs> yeah. we did about 12 minutes of research for this episode. Just, like, uh, forward us some, uh, you know, some information. We'll give you double the content back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll give you double the content back. No worries. You just got to um, send it to this different address. Yeah, I mean, like, the way our, you know, because Gage's name and my name is different, we got to send it through, like, a completely different name. It's just, like, the internet gets complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you, some old boomer? We'll explain it to you later. Dude, you know what's fucked up? I get mad phone calls from fake, like, Marriott Hotel offerings from Florida, and I think what they do is like because a lot of Floridian residents tend to be like older retired boomers they're like calling to try and tell me i won free shit and they're just trying to get someone's grandpa they're like you've won a three three day two night stay all you need to do is enter in your credit card number your social security number your mom's maiden name no problem see see here's the thing i have with uh salesmanship is that people tend to sell to kids or old people yeah and it's really sad it's really sad because old people think it's a good idea because they're not savvy to how you know content and media really targets people is entirely manipulative yeah and you know you're old you're 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 trust 
you're trusting of what you see on TV because you're used to being, you're sitting next to the fireside chats. Yeah. You know, you trust the radio, you trust television, you trust Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Ron, you know, Ron's the man. You come today, it's like, remember that scene in uh, uh, episode two of Star Wars where he's, he, the flying cars are... Episode one. Episode it's like ep- the first like no, ten minutes. Episode two. No, well, he fall. He, the 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 cars are and he's falling through the, the skyscraper. City. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. that one. That's the internet now. I mean, <laughs> episode one is like when the internet almost be, like was getting to that, like right when Instagram and Facebook popped up out of nowhere. Episode two is like you know we're we're falling from the sky right now, and when we hit the ground, that's when we hit the ground. But like you know the sky is so high the internet and we're in it already and we're just falling and all these cars are driving by and my god i don't even make sense right now dude nothing makes sense because we're in the middle of the world's largest scam of all time podcasts (laughs) 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 no it's it's crazy i actually do think that um communication is getting so uh so much better so much more functional that people aren't able to keep up with like new grifts. I mean, I feel like every other cryptocurrency is a scam. Um basically half of phone calls are fraudulent phone calls. Actually, I think I think it's more than half now. Uh almost every ad on every porn site you go on is some sort of scam. Do I used to play this game called RuneScape mm. and uh scamming even happened on RuneScape. RuneScape. So RuneScape is like kind of like a it's a massive multiplayer online RPG and you basically just like go on adventures and shit. But uh their their in-game currency is a real life uh equivalent. So like I think like each gold each like million gold coins or something is like worth a dollar or some shit like that. And you would go on there and people would be like, "Holy shit, it won't let you type your password and then just put out like a number of asterisks." And I remember getting tricked by that, like, my third day playing. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, if you try and type your password, it, it censors it. And then I type my password, and then I got hacked, like, the next day. Um, and I feel like that type of shit is happening more and more, and it happens to younger and older. Younger people and older people, people who are naive. Look, the thing, that's because it's new. The internet is new to everybody who isn't familiar with it at first you know like everybody's new to the internet at one point in time we haven't evolved our uh, red flag sensors Uh, yeah and we're lucky you and i are lucky you know we're not jumping imagine jumping into it the internet at 12 years old today you know what i mean like without the knowledge that you and i know i'd be getting catfished left and right anything yeah everything i mean the internet right now is like the super highway you know like now it's tv to kids they look at it and they're like i want to be on tv the way i would look at mtv and see tom green and jackass people and be like i can do that i can make i can get a camcorder and get on tv but it's you can get on youtube now but youtube is going to control your your visibility yeah you can get on instagram but they have control of your visibility. Internet has control of your visibility, period, until you can prove that people want to see what you put out. And it's the same way with art. 
And guess who controls who wants to see what you put out? It's the scammers or the art dealers or the people who are selling your work in the auction. Yeah. Follow the breadcrumbs, the trails. Where does the money lead? Yeah, like broadca- broadcasting these days. Broad- broadcasting, podcasting, YouTubing, Instagramming. It's done. The door is closed. People are controlling that now. People in power have just put their grimy hands on it, especially after this fucking Ajit Pai fiasco. The freaking thing that I don't even want to name. Like, uh, what, 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 what's the name? Fucking, uh... I can't recall what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, that internet ownership thing where we don't own the internet anymore. You know what I'm talking about. And I, you know, I know someone's listening to me. <laughs> that's why I'm not saying... So, that's the point, Right? scammers scammers are left and they can be they can be very rich or very poor yeah they'll scam you because they want what they don't know how to get yeah and they'll trick people i just wish it was fair it's not fair scamming is not fair well you we have a a system of social networks that have essentially become like public squares so, like, there's not going to be a competitor for Twitter or Facebook or Instagram because they're so powerful that they control any type of uh, any type of outreach for any competitor company. Uh, if you remember Gab, which was supposed to be a free speech online competitor for Twitter that wasn't going to censor uh, dissenting opinions, that thing basically got totally uh, shoehorned by major news media outlets saying it was like a haven for the far right. Or like, like when really it was just a place where people with differing political opinions didn't get censored by, you know, a private corporation that is essentially a public uh, entity. So, I don't know. Welcome to the art cons, art conservatives. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's because, you know, freedom comes at a price. What are people paying? If you're free to say stuff on Gab, people are paying for it with people talking shit right yeah but that's like that's the core of freedom of everyone having freedom is the ability to say what you want as long as it doesn't incite violence and that's what's complex about freedom of speech because the moment you have a platform where people can speak freely then you have people speaking freely in a negative way or in a way that people don't agree with and it hurts people. And that, you know, that in turn incites the media to voraciously attack it. I mean, that's that's what happens. Do you think that it's possible to have free speech and have a safe-like uh, nation? That's, com- that's complicated. Be- I, think it, I think it is. I think it is because, because of things like free choice okay because you can decide what you want to listen to in terms of gab people can decide whether or not they want to be on gab yeah in terms of twitter people can decide whether or not they can be on twitter and twitter and gab can control what they want to control because it's their platform that's how capitalism works like you use a product because it works 
But we have we have laws in this country that are supposed to prevent monopolies, and then Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Google have essentially developed uh, monopolies over a revolutionary communication system. Because it's new, there weren't anything in place. There wasn't anything in place to prevent that before it happened. Well, because they weren't making a product, it was kind of hard to legislate that. Exactly. But now they're at a point where um, if we don't acknowledge them as public, essentially public resources, and we the we don't take m- measures to prevent them from imposing their own agenda, then we are going to not have a free speech platform on the freest speech flat- platform you could think of, the internet. Well, you can thank Ajit Pai and his friends for ruining that. Net neutrality is the word you were trying to think of. What? What neutrality? Net neutrality. Oh, that word. So this is this idea that uh, your internet service provider can't choose what resources to spend on on which websites. Like it can't make it faster for like Yahoo to Yahoo and Google to load rather than like a competing search engine simply because they take money from those companies and they don't take money from other companies, mainly because your ISP is essentially like the closest thing to a public resource that a private company could be. Yeah, so you make the choice, intern. Do you want uh, somebody from Wikipedia with a random thumbnail of their headshot emailing you all the time saying, hey, you've been using Wikipedia every single day. We want $5. (laughs) uh for the six months uh as a donation if you want to kind of like you know kind of like pbs you can give us like five dollars and we can keep wikipedia or do you want to get pied in the ass (laughs) and just fucking live in this uh world where you have this amazing tool called the internet where we can all be connected instantaneously except Oh, oh, except it's controlled by somebody because they make money off it. And now since they control it, they can also control what they put out. Huh. Well, the problem is that Renz is getting at is that it's not that they make money. It's that they control, they make it impossible for you as a consumer, if you subscribe to capitalism, your job as a consumer is to decide what is right, like what you want to interpret, purchase, buy, what your opinions are. And when you have a monopoly, something like Twitter, something like Google, that has complete control over all of the information you get on this public resource, they control your consumption decisions, which then makes it not a free market or a fair market anymore. Yeah, because you, you hit the glass ceiling. They built it. Yeah. Essentially... Essentially, net neutrality, when it happened, they were given the allowance to build the glass ceiling to stop you, the content creator, from reaching the heights that you could without it. I mean, we as podcasters see it. Now, Renz and I aren't aren't a famous podcast, so like, it's not really an issue for us. But Spotify and iTunes has been changing their algorithm and I'm assuming taking money on the side from major production companies to promote specifically institutionally produced podcasts. So things made by NPR, things made by uh, Universal Music Group. I mean, there's no reason that like 
Josh Peck from Drake and Josh should be shown on the center of my Spotify algorithm every day because I'm not interested in his podcast. <laughs> he doesn't. He talks about his life, which I've never in my life looked up or cared about listening to. <laughs> uh, the algorithm used to be, if you listen to X, Y, and Z podcasts, then we're going to promote this other podcast that's about W. And these things are adjacent and related. And they're changing that because they essentially hold hold the keys to the car they control the algorithm yep and that's a scam is it a scam or a racket uh it's probably a racket a skacket yeah i don't fucking care what it's called watch your back dude yeah it's fraudulent um there's no reason that like dissenting opinion should be uh completely monitored and decided by some people at silicon valley who have no very little in common with a majority of america very little in common with them there's no reason that mark zuckerberg should decide what content is good or what content we should be approving and seeing and consuming wait why not he made facebook oh he made facebook yeah which was supposed to be a social media platform yet somehow it's become the largest disseminator of fake news on the internet oh yeah it's not all so bad right no it's not i guess not uh wait oh i mean mark's a good guy right i'll tell you guys one thing those of you who hate trump twitter and facebook made trump happen those of you who hate bernie sanders democrats they also made those things happen i don't know did they yeah for sure i mean media and news outlets control everything we see and the art pros controls everything you hear listen to the art pros we're an hour in and we're going to control the episode right <laughs> now by saying we're about to end i want to throw in a little caveat Renz and i are oh. really really dumb everything we say is uh <laughs> you know we're just we're just a bunch of fucking stupid artists like we don't know anything we just go to work and then come home and hang out with our significant others and that's it so we're def we definitely don't glow in the dark um we definitely care about you guys and we're just rolling off the cuff today was a less researched episode but we're not a scam everything we said earlier not a scam i'm not yeah i mean whole for except for one thing i'm will glow in the dark soon if i eat <laughs> more of this paint yeah because i something like i think vincent van gogh like got famous because he ate paint or something after like and then he died and got famous right? i thought he got famous because he cut his ear off and then killed himself uh. all right hey hold on a second if you are a uh if you're listening to this and you're reviewing this and you live in the philippines please don't flag us because i know that most uh people who look at content on facebook and spotify are filipino so gage and i are both filipino and if you listen to this episode please like uh you know yeah don't flag us as inappropriate or spam I mean, not even just flagging us. Like, throw us a bone, you know? Filipino people need their voices heard. So put us on top, like, somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, put us on top of all algorithm. Definitely you know not a mean? racket. Yeah, if you're Filipino. If not, then forget I ever said anything, because I was just joking. <laughs> this is a satire <laughs> podcast. <laughs> ah, comedy. <laughs> Actually, yeah. those of you who don't know what Renz is talking <clears throat> about, like, 90% of content reviewers on Facebook are Filipino. The ones who decide whether or not someone's stomping a baby's head in 
should be taken off Facebook and flagged. The they're the ones who are paid. The most of them are Filipino. Yeah, you ever wonder why you're not getting a bunch of bullshit videos from Russia or any of uh, America's enemies? That's because people in the Philippines, they're called the cleaners. They're getting paid to watch all that shit after the algorithm. Whatever the algorithm misses comes to them, and they clean it all up for you. So thank all of these Filipino people for dealing with that mental and psychological and physical trauma. You know what? Every time you see a Filipino person, thank them. Give them money. They'll Give probably them. smile and nod at you before. You know what I mean? Like, even if they don't know you. Just All right. give them a hug. <laughs> yeah, give a, give us a hug. And give us money to patreon.com slash artprospodcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram at uh, paidartists.paid.artists. Well, <laughs> Send us an email at artprospodcast at gmail.com. And... What's our Twitter? Paid dot uh, paid underscore artists. Or is it... Just look for paid artists or uh, uh, artprospodcast on Twitter. You'll find something. Yeah, just come fuck with us. Uh, next week, we're going to be recording a short podcast because we're going to get other content together to give to you guys. But then the following week after that, we'll be coming in hot with a great, probably extended Art Cons episode on something. Bye. Bye.